Yeah, but then we can also say the same thing for Darcy. I mean, she married a duck. Well, Amy, that brings up a whole separate conversation about duck genitalia, which means we have to include Donald Duck in this conversation. He never had any pants. I don't even know what to make of that. Feathers can cover a lot. <laughs> in which case, we will also need to subpoena Huey, Dewey, and Louie, as well as Scrooge McDuck for the purposes of this imaginary trial. Okay, no more detective shows for you. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. Amy, I have a question. Yes? How is it that we have had an Australian playing Thor for 10 years, and the first time I'm hearing the word hammerang was yesterday? (laughs) How is that possible? I don't know. Even Chris Hemsworth himself didn't come up with that the day he created Captain Australia. Captain Australia? Yes. Very funny interview from the Ragnarok press tour. For those who haven't seen it, we'll put it in the show notes. He and the other man-child joining him had a quite the interesting conversation about Captain Australia. They were either very tired or a little drunk. I'm not sure which. Or both. Maybe. So how you feeling about Party Thor? Um, I like him. It's the people around him that had me very confused. In what way? In the sense that all the people that were there, all the characters, it just didn't make much sense. I liked the episode. It was fun. It was light, especially after the last couple of episodes we've had of What If, where everybody dies. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Yeah, but so it was a relief that nobody died. Amy, Amy. The party died. And I'm depressed again. (laughs) Well, we came close. Fury is still unconscious at the very least. Yeah, yeah. He's the only casualty so far. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say I have mixed feelings about the episode. I have... I'll say I liked it, but only based on what I think the episode was trying to say. And what was the episode trying to say? Well, we'll get into that. Uh, This episode was written by AC Bradley. And if you guys remember back to our interview with her, one of the things she said that went into the planning of the show was that they always wanted to be saying something. And I do think this episode, light as it was, does say something. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's saying something. It's saying that she had cabin fever because of lockdowns. And this was a fantasy sort of episode to write. Maybe. But put it this way. This party that Thor brings to Earth, that's a great fantasy for a lot of people. But it's not Mm -hmm. something everyone would enjoy. True. But I certainly would enjoy at least traveling around the world right now and having and being out in the open, having some fun. Maybe not destroying Stonehenge or something, but still. (laughs) Oh, speaking of, 
I think AC Bradley finally solved the mystery of the Stonehenge. How so? It was old school dominoes. <laughs> when you're when just your index finger is that strong, yes, possibly. Mm-hmm. So I'll get more into this as we go. But as you said, this was a lighter episode, sure, in terms of Marvel and its overall arcs. But I think it is somewhat of a commentary on, I'll say, American culture, because I'm an American. I can only speak for my own culture. And it's very meta in a lot of ways, which had me laughing at different points. Mm -hmm. But the thing that really stood out the most for me. Let's give a round of applause for Mr. Hemsworth. Golf claps. This was absolute A plus voice acting on his part. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. I think everyone did. They really did. Everybody ate this up. And I'm just so glad that Marvel has realized since Taika Waititi showed the world, this guy is funny. Let him be funny. Yeah, true. He is funny. Yeah. And not only that, but I felt my my inner uh, Alpa Chino going, you're Australian. Be Australian. And they're finally <laughs> going with it. And the animation was a joy, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was a very bright and beautiful episode. Well, I mean, it had to be really sticking with that club kind of aesthetic. Yeah, true. So it made total sense in that regard. But that doesn't negate from the fact that it was a very visually pleasing episode. Yes. And finally, Maria Hill, welcome to the show. Yeah, and she looked pretty good. Maria Hill always looks good. Yeah, that's true. So I was both excited and confused when I saw these opening credits. I was so happy to see Kat Dennings. I squealed when I saw Jeff Goldblum. Yes, Grandmaster. Yes. <laughs> but then I was confused when Hiddleston's name popped up. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought Thor's supposed to be an only child. How are we going to do this? Right. Well, you got your answer there. Oh, fucking ice bros. I'd be the one coming out from my lawn next door. Keep it the fuck down. <laughs> Which I have done. Ask my neighbors about the last couple Fourth of Julys. I'm not surprised to hear that. No. Remind me how old are you again? <laughs> so we begin this episode like we did the original Thor. With uh, Dr. Jane Foster and Darcy in Jane's van in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Darcy is killing time by throwing peanuts and Jane is asleep at the wheel. A lot of people are asleep at the wheel in this episode. Well, in this case, she's literally asleep at the wheel. Yeah. They're there basically because they suspect that an alien invasion is happening soon. And they were right. Yeah. Unfortunately for Jane, though, she can't get through to S.H.I.E.L.D. She's only able to get through to the Parks Department. Mm -hmm. I have to say, if she had been able to reach Leslie Nope, this episode would never have happened. Leslie would have had a full emergency preparedness drill for this, at least three binders for an alien invasion. <laughs> and here we get our first uh, 80s reference of the episode, and I appreciated them all. They're here. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I still know that line. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepier when it's a little blonde girl. True. So in this universe, Thor arrives, not by himself, not with an army, but with an entourage. Yes. So Lady Sif and the Idiots 3 are along for the ride. Yeah, and they're even bigger idiots this time around. Yep. I think they're all idiots at this point. You know what it is? Here's the word, how I feel about this episode. Exhausted. Just watching all of this cartoon partying made me tired and irritable. (laughs) Because I am 85 years old. Yeah, all right, listeners, I would like you to do me one favor. I would like you to remember this line from this episode when we do release our Spider-Man Far From Home episode and the discussion that we have regarding the carnival. (laughs) I was talking about them, not me. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) There's just so many people. Uh Uh-huh. Too many people. Yeah, keep digging that grave. Go ahead. Well, see, here's the thing with Thor, with this party Thor character, is that half of me likes him because even with just the voice work alone, Chris Hemsworth is so goddamn charming. Mm -hmm. He's so incredibly charismatic. You can't not like him. But party Thor is a bigger asshole than original Thor before he was banished. Yeah, that's the point. Yes, yes. So, yeah, he's the equivalent of a trust fund baby. And I think that's one of the things this episode is trying to say, is that they are just the worst. (laughs) Okay. There are trust fund babies who do good with their money, who are actually productive citizens, yes. But there's also plenty of people out there like Party Thor, who I just have absolutely... No tolerance for. Yeah, I don't think that's specific only to trust fund babies. I think there are, it's a, it's an age thing. You know, every teenager slash person in their early 20s is like that. They enjoy, they want to enjoy life and having the money to blow at the level that Thor seems to have, it just exacerbates the situation. Yeah. And I have no problem with enjoying life. Everyone should be able to enjoy their life. The problem is when enjoyment becomes the sole focus, the only thing. And, you know, at least original Thor in the MCU, at least he cared about something other than his own pleasure. He may have been misguided about war, but he did care about Asgard. He cared about his people. He wasn't super hedonistic. Mm -hmm. I would say that... This Thor is not super hedonistic. I mean, he is, but not to the level that he could have been. There can always be worse. Mm -hmm. So the premise is that without Loki as a kid, Thor became an even bigger asshole with no tricks to keep him in line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Loki's still around, though. Raised a full-fledged frost giant with his biological family, and also, somehow possibly, became an even bigger asshole (laughs) literally and figuratively yeah true i suppose both the brothers did keep each other in check when they were raised together Mm -hmm. 
but clearly they seem to have a bond, even though they weren't raised together. <laughs> bond my ass. If those two were in an interrogation room, they'd flip on each other so goddamn fast. I have been binging the closer, everyone. I'm sorry. So it's been nothing but interrogations in my house the last four days. And what's new about that exactly? It's a fair point. And speaking of what's new, this Frigga. Yeah, she is surprisingly chill. Yeah, I think she has a little chemical help with that in this universe. (laughs) I think she's given Hubby a little chemical help too. Well, I can't blame her. Oh no, I would drug the shit out of him too. Mm-hmm. Odin sleep. Somebody finally says it. The most interesting thing he's ever done is fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, that would be a bit of a disservice to Anthony Hopkins. He did a fantastic job in all the movies. Oh, he does. But it's a matter of what he's been given to do. Mm-hmm. So dad's asleep. Mom's going to go have a white girl wine party with her sister. Again, can't blame her. So Thor is on his own, but it's okay because those books won't read themselves. <laughs> the fact that Frigga thought that he would actually stay and read his books is showing that she probably had a bit too much to drink before she left. Yeah, and I think this is part of that commentary of parental disengagement, lack of responsibility in this kind of richy rich culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, MCU Frigga lied to one of her sons about his entire life for over 900 years. Still a better mom than this one. That's saying something. Really? I'm leaning that way, yeah. Disinterest versus lying. And lying is better. At least she seemed to give a shit. This Frigga has no idea what's going on. At least MCU Frigga produced two sons capable of being good. Thor turned into a hero and we've seen Loki finally turning a corner and trying to be a much better person. This Frigga basically raised a brainless DJ with good hair. Okay. That's my stand. Fair enough. I don't stand either way. So, okay. It's a cartoon. Thor is right about one thing, though. I'll give him that. Earth is without a doubt a backward, backwater planet. I suppose, yeah. I mean, there is a long way to go for us if we survive. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think we're going to get there. Yeah. But it's okay, Amy. Don't worry, because thunder hugs all around. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't mind a hug from him. That actually kind of looked painful. This Thor doesn't seem to really know his own strength. He was hugging a fellow Asgardian, so it's fine. Was that Scourge? I think it was. It seemed like it from the head tattoo and that particular armor. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Now, this Thor may be a douche, but I am very happy for him. He got his hair flip. (laughs) Loki usually hogs those, especially now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. He reminded me a lot of those Disney princes in this oh, episode. Oh, yeah, he's, he's gilded in this episode. Yeah, pretty much. So officially, one can say that Thor is a Disney prince. Yes, that argument can be made. Mm-hmm. So we see Darcy and Jane here starting to 
Oglethor a little bit. And again, we're just seeing the shallowness of club culture in general. And the idea that rich, pretty white guys get away with all kinds of things. Yeah, but she did stand up to him. Yeah, but by the end, we're still going out with him. Yeah, I mean, he's a good looking guy who's flirting with you. If a guy that looks like Chris Hemsworth tells you your eyes look like two star galaxies, yada, yada, you will go out with him. I don't know about that. He was laying at all. Uh-huh. I th- no, seriously. If I like put it in a, in a scenario like that, I wouldn't be at the party in the first place. And that's a line if I've ever heard one. Fair enough. But a guy that good looking is laying it on thick for you, you will be flattered. I will be flattered. I will go out with him. I don't give a shit about the world after that. Especially if you're all the way down there. So tiny, I almost stood on you. (laughs) That was great. That was one of those very metal lines. Mm -hmm. You don't need to stand at a box when you're in a cartoon. (laughs) So, of course, Jane can't believe Thor is actually real. These Norse myths are true. Well, I don't know anything about horse gods and all, you know. <laughs> now, see, this is why I do love him because he's a he's a moron, but Hemsworth is hilarious. He is, and he's charming, and that's why it's funny, and he gets away with it. But the subtext of it is that Jane can't make any headway with him on this whole Alpha Star thing because he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and that's the big problem with his culture is. People just don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Now, I have another question here. As uh, our God of Thunder is uh, telling some old stories. Did Fandral fuck that goat? Yeah, yeah, you know, I was wondering about that because, yes, it's a throwaway line. It could be a throwaway line. But the next morning we see him surrounded by some kind of fluffy animals. Yes, yes. Now... I want to make this very clear. Zach Levi, we do not think that you are a goat fucker, sir. Please do not sue us. However. Neither Josh Dallas. It's not like either of them are memorable. But we want to make that clear. We do not think you are goat fuckers. However, we do believe your cartoon self has gotten a little too intimate with four-legged creatures. Yeah, but then we can also say the same thing for Darcy. I mean, she married a duck. Well, Amy, that brings up a whole separate conversation about duck genitalia, which means we have to include Donald Duck in this conversation. He never had any pants. I don't even know what to make of that. Feathers can cover a lot. <laughs> in which case, we will also need to subpoena Huey, Dewey, and Louie, as well as Scrooge McDuck, for the purposes of this imaginary trial. Okay, no more detective shows for you. <laughs> But there's a spinoff show. I have to. I have to. I'm cutting you off. (laughs) Yeah. So it's here that Thor starts winning Jane over with this very cheap flattery. Howard comes along, picks up Darcy. We've got terrible matching tattoos. We've got a Vegas quickie wedding. The usual fare. You know, the matching tattoos, actually, if you notice... When they show us the tattoos, 
Thor's tattoo looks fine, but Jane's tattoo has some redness around it to show that it hurt her. It didn't hurt him. Of course. Or his guardians have super healing. Yeah, exactly. So that's a nice attention to detail. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yes, good point. Yep. So we're getting a whole little montage of the party here. Of course, Grandmaster would be the DJ. Yeah. Bless you, Mr. Goldblum. I tell you this, if they had him playing jazz on the piano, I would have absolutely lost it. (laughs) Now, the release the phone thing is something I've never heard of before. I wouldn't know. If anyone knows about this, please tell us. Is it true? Do they actually release phone? Why would they do that? And then we see Nebula, who seems to be gambling for a new eye. And that had me extremely confused. It was such a quick appearance, I didn't really think too much about it. No, I mean, we see her in around the rest of the episode too, but... Yeah, but this is her only line. Yeah, true. It's just, yeah, that's the point. It's just so out of character. All of these characters that we see, it makes no sense for them to be there. Well, I'm fine with it because it's one, it's a different universe. And I think it actually does make sense. It keeps with the greater context of the episode and that, you know, in the real world, these kinds of parties, it's just endless word of mouth. And tons and tons of people end up showing up for these underground things, whatever it is. So it would make sense that people from all over the galaxy would be coming once Thor spreads the word. I guess it just it just felt really odd. And now we come to the morning after where S.H.I.E.L.D. is finally getting their asses in gear. Yeah, after Fury got kicked. Yeah, bounced by Korg. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a mess here. At Jane's place, and we've got this cute little rabbit in the sink. Oh, don't you just love him? <laughs> yeah, in fact, we see pretty much everyone from the Guardians team except for Gamora and Quill. Oh, aren't you happy? I would like to see Gamora, sure, but besides that, yes, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, so this little bit with Rocket here, again the care taken for these moments to keep that MCU continuity in the series is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we should mention also Kat Dennings does a fantastic job in this episode. Darcy is basically a dog who keeps seeing squirrels. (laughs) Yeah. And the biggest squirrel that she saw was Captain Marvel. And I think she fell in love a little bit there. Who wouldn't? Agreed. And as Jane and Maria are trying to coordinate here, it's time for us to head over to Paris to meet the Ice Bros. Yeah, so the party continues across the globe. Yeah, this part absolutely cracked me up. I was not expecting this. So I was eating breakfast at my desk while I was watching this episode. And when Loki looks at Thor and says, you're my brother from another mother man, I choked on my quinoa. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is what Tom Hiddleston always says about Chris Hemsworth. And it's never not hilarious. Mm -hmm. Just seeing somebody that white and that British say that, it always makes me chuckle. Okay. Yeah. So this whole frat bro relationship for me is simultaneously sickening and hilarious. Because on one side, I can't stand that type of individual. but. These two are always so good together, even if it's just the voice work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are good together. And 
it was fun, you know, seeing both of them so free. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny. Things are flipped in this universe because Loki is a full frost giant and he's just huge and towering over Thor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's good to see that the frost giants were doing okay and they weren't practically annihilated. That's true. Now, another question. So we've addressed Fandral's potential goat fucking. Now, does boom mean what I think it means? What do you think it means? Fart. Yeah, I was going with that as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that works. That is one euphemism I have never heard before. I haven't either, but I think it works. It made sense. <laughs> do that in private. <laughs> so while the bros are uh getting reacquainted here, Carol arrives. Yeah, and she looks magnificent. She does. And you know what, White Snake, we need to chat. Mm -hmm. You know, her references may be dated, but they are still accurate. <laughs> well, she's been away from Earth for a while. Give her a break. That's fair. Now, one thing that really stood out to me in this episode also, as soon as we saw the flick of that hand, I was like, oh, this Loki is definitely bisexual. At this point, I was thinking definitely gay, but later on, we'll see bisexual. And Hiddleston had a ball with it. Yeah, he's a bit more effeminate. Yes. So Captain Marvel is getting pretty tired of this shit. You know what she is? She's me. I would be Captain Marvel in this scenario. Except that if you try to punch someone, you'd break your own hand. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And you know what she is? What? She's a party pooper. <laughs> that made me nervous i was like oh god what is he gonna He's say, gonna say is, bitch yeah i didn't know what the fuck was gonna come out of his mouth and as soon as yeah. it was party pooper i let i let myself breathe <laughs> yeah when he was saying that i was like oh he's gonna call her a bitch is this going to be a mewling quim situation <laughs> But that goes to show just how sweet he is. Well, I, then I remember Joss Whedon didn't write this, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. So Thor st still thinks all of this is just fun and games, and he's played around with Mjolnir. Hammerang, get it? Yeah. <laughs> how have we missed this? I don't know. I guess it took AC Bradley for us to get, get to realize that. His Captain Australia character had a boomerang. And he still missed it. <laughs> he also had a crocodile sidekick that he grabbed by the tail and swung around like a lasso. Did he give it Loki horns? He did not. Mm. So we hop from Paris to the UK, and that's made very clear for us. Yeah. Good thing they wrote it down. It's easy to track because they were literally globe hopping at this point. Yeah, knocking into Stonehenge here, that was a nice callback to Thor the Dark World. Yeah, it was. But because Thor and his type have no respect or concept of history in the past, he just knocks it over and destroys it. Yeah, but then he does put it back together, so give him some credit. Yeah. And now we must fight our way into the desert in the US. Yeah, so the, this, the fight scene is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And like the rest of the episode, it's very colorful, very fast. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. I think this was probably the crux of what they wanted to do and then sort of worked backwards on how they can make this happen. 
And, you know, the fact that Thor still has Mjolnir, it still works, he's still worthy of it, that tells you that his behavior has been sanctioned by Odin his whole life. If you remember the first movie, he was still able to use Mjolnir, and it's only after he was exiled what did Odin put the curse that only someone as worthy as Thor can wield it. That's true, but this definitely isn't the first time Thor's done something like this in this universe. Yeah, that's true. You know what it makes me think of is uh, Dudley and Vernon Dursley. Okay. It was the kind of thing where Dudley was this horror of a child just being raised to be a terrible human being, and he was endorsed and encouraged by his father and his mother, in that mm-hmm. case, the entire time. Right. He, was exa- he turned into exactly what they wanted him to be. Yeah. So are you implying that Odin wanted Thor to grow up to be like this? I think Odin probably is also a lot like this, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And even in the movies, we know that Frigga was closer to Loki than Thor. She probably saw a lot of Odin in Thor. No, she saw a lot of Odin in both of them. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I really liked about this fight scene is that it's showing that Captain Marvel is clearly more powerful than Thor. Yeah. Score one for the ladies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You hear that, buddy? Strongest Avenger. (laughs) And we get another callback here to the Thor franchise when Thor places Mjolnir on top of Captain Marvel and that's the only way he can beat her. Yeah. I was wondering why she didn't try to move the hammer. She would be worthy, right? It depends on your definition of worthy. Mm. Remember, that's a conversation we had in Age of Ultron. And that's up to Odin. We haven't done Age of Ultron. I mean, in general. Okay. They. I was like, wait, did I forget an entire movie? <laughs> so that's a callback to original Thor when he put Mjolnir on top of Loki's chest on the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, to give her a time out. Yeah, it did nothing for him, but maybe it'll work for you. (laughs) So once again, Captain Marvel and Maria Hill here are regrouping on how exactly to take down Thor. Because once again, we have a problem that's spreading all over the world. Yeah. Ah. And Coulson is back. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, Darcy is a little worried that Captain Marvel's ego is writing checks that her skills can't cash. I gotta say, I will take Carol Danvers over Maverick any day of the week, but I wouldn't have minded a little Danger Zone action here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Carol admits here that she's been holding back with Thor because her full power could destroy the Earth. Yeah, and I get that. I understand why she would do that. And besides, he's not done anything wrong per se. He hasn't hurt anyone. So it makes sense for her to hold back. Yeah, and we get another great line here. Darcy's a little caffeinated. A little? Yeah, yeah. She's running out an eight, and Carol really needs her to take that down to a four. She has probably inhaled an entire carton of Red Bull. (laughs) She's not wrong, though, when she says no one would notice if you blew up a Dakota. (laughs) There are a lot of Americans who could not even point out the Dakotas on a map. I know, I can't for sure. Well, that's fine. You don't live here. Yeah. And as they're forming their little plan, this is when Jane realizes, hey, if Thor is real, then the Norse myths, that's a really hard thing to say. Norse (laughs) myths. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Norwegian myths must all be true. (laughs) 
Right. So she thinks Frigga and Heimdall are probably around somewhere. Yes. But first, Jane tries to call Thor, but Loki has his phone. This is great. Itty bitty little phone. (laughs) It's like this little toy phone. Thor is too busy devouring Chinese food to pay attention. I could do with some Chinese food right about now. Yeah, I had some serious FOMO at that point. <laughs> and Jane's getting a little riled up here, getting a little impatient, and Loki just tells her, don't get your knickers in a twist. <laughs> and this made me laugh so hard. Loki may be a frost giant, he may be from Jotunheim, but he is still British. Yeah, you can't take the British out of that man. No, you cannot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> His blood is half tea. <laughs> it really is. And then we have another great moment, which on the surface could be just a funny throwaway scene. We have Surtur, who was voiced by uh, Clancy Brown, I want to note, mm-hmm. hitting on the Statue of Liberty. Right. He went for someone his size. Yeah, but I think this is a bit of a commentary, too. We've all heard the saying that men will fuck anything that moves. Well, in this case, doesn't even have to. <laughs> And he also manages to take out the electrical grid of some city. I'm not sure which. It's hard to say what my favorite moment of this episode was, but definitely top three. Thor attempting to slide down the Sydney Opera House. Well done. Well done. He's Australian. (laughs) Be Australian. Yeah. But before he can do that, Captain Marvel decides to intervene. Yeah, and Jane is also doing the same, trying to stop a nuclear calamity here. She is rigging up some sort of antenna or transmitter to contact Heimdall. In short, she is using the world's largest megaphone. Now see, this is now see, we have switched roles because I tried to be a little smarter by calling it an antenna <laughs> or a transmitter and using more techie sounding words, and this one comes out with fucking megaphone. <laughs> it technically did that i simplified it for the people like you who were struggling with the words thanks that's what she thinks of you everyone she thinks you're all as dumb as i am you are putting words in my mouth i do not appreciate (laughs) that so heimdall hears the call and sends jane on over to frigga's little garden party yeah so she calls him he does not reply he just straight away kidnaps her Yeah, well, I think it's safe to say Heimdall isn't exactly fond of Thor. I think he'd be quite happy to blow up his spot. Mm -hmm. Which he does. He's basically a taxi service at this point. And kind of a babysitter, too. He's not exactly doing a good job babysitting. Well, the line they use to get away with that is what Thor said earlier. Oh, Earth is such a backwater, backward planet, even Heimdall doesn't pay attention. Yeah, but Heimdall is capable of keeping track of where Thor is. He obviously must have realized that he's on Earth. Heimdall's probably drunk, it seems like the rest of Asgard is. I don't know. I think he's too pissed off to do anything. It's like, fuck it, this guy's going to do what he's going to do. I'll just keep watch. He's probably had to cover for Thor's ass a million times. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so Frigga contacts her son. She thinks Thor even knows how to spell syllabus. (laughs) Let alone has seen one or cracked a book. A mother can always hope. So Frigga does intervene in time to stop Captain Marvel from decimating Thor and the whole area. 
And she tells him, you know, you got to clean up this mess. Sort of the corners and work your way out. <laughs> and Hemsworth is just so good here. But it's a steer. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking for some help, but he's not going to get any from his ice bro over here, who is too busy trying to make a slingshot out of the gateway arch. Yeah, I mean, they're friends, but they're not friends. No, they're not real friends. They're all shallow mm-hmm. and vapid trust fund club babies. Yeah, and that's what you expect from that kind of a crowd. Yeah, you know who else is pretty upset about Thor's change of heart here? Drax. Indeed. Yeah, because now Thor is the one who's being the party pooper. And Amy, again, took one for the team, everybody. And at my insistence, she counted the number of times that some form of the word poop is used in this episode. Amy, what were the results? Uh, 11. Or maybe 12, because at one point they were chanting it a bit too fast for me. (laughs) So yeah, we got a dozen poops in this episode. And again, choked on my chicken when Grandmaster comes through. We're keeping the scoot scoots. Yeah, that was my favorite line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this made me laugh extra hard because part of the Thor Ragnarok press tour was this really funny bit that they all did on James Corden where they did this like Thor Ragnarok 4D where they all acted out the movie as a skit like on stage in a movie theater absolutely hilarious Jeff Goldblum came out to do his part riding a scooter and sucking on a hard candy like the old man that he is and it was absolutely hilarious (laughs) that was probably the inspiration for this line it may have been And again, this is another moment where I want to hate this Thor and I just want to punch him. But Hemsworth is so damn funny. Welcome to our study group. (laughs) Yeah, I must say he did a good job cleaning everything up and managing to harangue a couple of drunk people to look like they're actually studying. Yeah, and we're really crossing the streams here. Matt Damon was here. Had to have been. Because that's the only way all those equations get written on that chalkboard. (laughs) So Frigga shows up and she is surprised at what she's seeing because it doesn't make any sense. Yes, if I were Frigga, I would not expect to see my son teaching what appears to be advanced calculus or trigonometry. But I would expect him to be absolutely marveled by the Snuggie. Mm Mm-hmm. But for them, advanced calculus is basic stuff because they are so advanced. Yeah, I'm not going to count on Thor to even be able to add two plus two. I think you're not giving him enough credit. No, I'm not going to give him any. Nope, not this guy. And Captain Marvel comes in to sort of save the day in a way and gives him an iPad full of information regarding Earth. Yeah, and I think this last little bit here this button on this story finishes off the commentary in that these kind of assholes get away with crazy shit all the time because people enable them and are willing to either fully or partly clean up their messes. I don't know if Captain Marvel was enabling him as so much as moving things along so that he goes away. You know, so that he is not their problem anymore and trying to solve the problem for Earth, not necessarily for him. 
Yeah, it amounts to the same thing. Well, he did get caught out at the end anyways. But he just gets away with it and everything's fine. You can see throughout the episode, various lines here and there. He's never faced any consequences from his parents. Look what he said about the timeouts. Mm -hmm. This is not the first time he's done something like this. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be the last either. Yeah. And it's hard to say for this universe because I'm not sure what to make of this villain who shows up at the very end. Yeah. So when you see this villain, it looks like Ultron. And then the mask goes up and then we see Vision. But he also has the Infinity Stones on him, or what I assume to be the Infinity Stones. Yeah, so I'm not sure where they're taking this, if they're taking it anywhere, because we've had a number of episodes like this now that end on some apparent cliffhanger like this. But I don't know if the writers intend to continue any of those stories. I don't know about the other stories, but. I would suspect maybe they continue them in season two and we may have to keep track of which episode continues with what episode in in season two. But I do feel this particular cliffhanger and I'm just going to call him Ultravision. I'm not quite sure what to call him. (laughs) So Ultravision it is. That works. So I think Ultravision is the big bad of this season and we're going to bring in all the other multiverse heroes to deal with him and the Watcher is going to help with that. It could be. And that's where I think this Thor will grow up and take responsibility and do what needs to be done to deal with Ultravision. Maybe. I do think that throughout the episode there is this plot line going on about how Thor destroyed that particular planet. Alpha Star. And Jane is the one who thinks that Alpha Star was destroyed because of Thor's parting. I think it wasn't Thor that destroyed it, which he says as much. He didn't. And I believe him. I think it's Ultravision who went behind him to destroy it, to make it seem like it was Thor and hiding his tracks. That would be smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he has to be smart. He's Ultravision. That's true. Yeah. So we've got two episodes left of the show. We saw that mid-season sneak peek. We got the full trailer earlier. I have absolutely no idea who these last two episodes are going to focus on. I think it's a bringing together of everyone for one big epic finale. I think that would make the most sense. Yeah. But the question will be, which versions of everyone will we see? That's true. We don't know. Yeah. And could there be room for more than one version of each person well i suppose that depends on the watcher maybe he picks the best of the best and brings them all together yeah time to get off your ass buddy time to pull your weight (laughs) he's the watcher not the helper yeah so this episode i wouldn't say i was torn about it i just felt kind of weird about it i don't know yeah i i liked it it was fun But I didn't like how out of character everyone was. But it was certainly a necessary breather after all the depressing shit we had the last couple of weeks. Yes, definitely. I think this episode is more the calm before the storm that comes in the next two episodes. Uh, Don't say calm before the storm to somebody who's moving in a few weeks. Ah. (laughs) Nightmares. (laughs) All right. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. 
Join us next week for episode eight of What If. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts on Party Thor, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, Harry Potter. Go on. I'm not that bad. Really? You have forgotten the names of people we are talking about in the episodes. That is true. (laughs) I had to remind you of Jeremy Renner's name last week. That is true. (laughs) I have my moments. (laughs)